Fun fact about Bronn. She's a massive creep. <laughs> the school gate the other day, a bunch of preppies were congregating and Bron went up to them and, of course, pretended to be a festive mermaid. The mm. principal marched up and she thought for sure that she'd be complimented on her wonderful child wrangling skills. But instead, he swept them away and said, kids, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> it was a mermaid, damn it. <laughs> How is a mermaid a stranger? That was the best. (laughs) Exactly. She's a fish. They're in the ocean. They're our friends. (laughs) Call the police. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer, um, and that was the sound of my phone falling down because I've had a few drinks. <laughs> We're longtime <laughs> friends, short-time mums, and lifetime dickheads. And consummate professionals. <laughs> Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilas. Hello, Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? What's up? I'm magnificent. You are coming to the end of your quarantine, aren't you? I am. So Stevie went back to school because I'm an essential worker. And day one, day one, she was there and there was a COVID case in Victoria where everyone is either a football or has COVID. So if it's not one, it's the other. (laughs) And I don't care for either. (laughs) So this is day 13 of of our quarantine. And it's weird, Bron, because me and Frida allowed to do whatever we want. Allowed to... I mean, as long as it's in, within 15 kilometres and we don't break curfew. Yeah, um, but Stevie want. has to stay at home. And you may not know this about children, but when they're little, you can't leave them alone. So you can't go anywhere if you're tiny so kids So you're just quarantine. at home the whole time. <sighs> oh. The whole time. And look, let me tell you, I love my children, but it's so boring. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like so no one boring. wants to do, yeah, no one wants to do lockdown like the quarantine it doesn't matter who you're with it's like oh god this is dreadful like i wouldn't even want to do it with meryl streep okay no. it is a long and time she's your favorite child <laughs> of all your dogs that you have meryl streep is your favorite I, dash hand I love fun her. fact about bron she has five dash hands I did not as if you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been it's been really interesting because it kind of obviously not leaving the house, being back kind of in my own brain, which isn't always a great space to be, made me really kind of get to the end of all the angst around my heartbreak and kind of understand it, read so many self help books, babe. God, I've read so many. If you want to know anything about relationships, don't ask me. I've got a failed marriage and a failed <laughs> so many. God, I'm really turns out Collection. not great at this. That's okay. Um, You've got good but, um, stories from it, though. Kind of. So You've got good, good tattoos from it. Content. <laughs> sick, sick, sick tattoos. Thank God. But, Your body um, is a wonderland. It's a temple <laughs> of ink. <laughs> Regrettable ink. <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a failure. <laughs> 
So I've been really amazed by how physiological the experience has been. It's not just that my, you know, my brain hurt because of the heartbreak, my body hurt, everything hurt. It was like, um, it was a whole body experience. And this, this um, doctor was talking about um, seeing it in his patients, he's a heart surgeon, and, um, you know, they lost a partner, particularly, you know, later in life, or if it was a really devastating divorce, they would look at their brains and their brain would be registering heartbreak like the broken leg. Yeah. Which is fascinating. You feel your body, you feel your, your heartbreak in your body. Mm. It was anyway, fascinating, fascinating point um, for everyone who's going, navigating heartbreak. You're a doctor. Exactly. That is our diagnosis. Exactly the takeaway. But I do think that we ignore how our body is feeling when, you know, when we're going through something particularly stressful. So like even when, so um, even when we like, you know, something is very nerve wracking, like you're about to speak in public or you're about to do something Mm. that could be life changing. Everyone jokes about having to do a nervous poo. It's their body. Your gut has this like, (laughs) your gut has this like extreme reaction and it's like expelling everything that's in there. And, you know, yeah. you can get the shakes, you know, that people are actually, you can, oh, it's dreadful watching someone do a speech and they're nervous and they're like palm cards or whatever are shaking and you're like, oh God, because it is a physical, um, like, you know, when, yeah. you're, when you are in deep discomfort, your body is going to react to that. And this is not deep discomfort because you are cold. You are in deep discomfort because something emotional is happening to you that you are not enjoying which is either like an overexposure or it is um you know something something feels embarrassing or something feels Mm. sad I don't know and so I think that when of course heartbreak hurts of course it it does so much but I'm I'm way better and I'm doing way better you are way better than you have done in so long yeah, yeah. Like I was in a really grim place, and now Melbourne's about to open up yeah, again. Yeah, congratulations! Perfect timing. Thank you so much. I did that. So it's just this lovely feeling of buoyance, and just like everything's going to be okay again. Getting my hair done. Going to have some dinner parties and house parties with only ten people, but that's fine. Like life is coming back. What perfect, perfect, joyful timing. Yes. To move on. To move on. To move on. And do you know who has moved on, Claire? Um, Ariel from the Little. Mermaid. No, she will always be stuck with that <laughs> fucking loser who made her change her tail for her legs. Huge mistake, Ariel. Huge mistake, babe. <laughs> But you don't ever change for a man. Don't. I've learned that the hard exactly. way. Exactly. <laughs> and if you do want to work in the kids' play, kids like school, just remember some principals don't like mermaids. Okay. So exactly. move on. Exactly. Float away. If if he says, "Where are your legs?" He got he has got something wrong back him. Yeah. <laughs> Point to your legs and say, "Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat?" And then swim the fuck away. <laughs> okay no no the Love thing the that place. has the thing that has changed and it has like i want to say if you could see my face my eyes rolling is when i say um something that has evolved right <laughs> is the bachelorette the bachelorette so brooke blurton is on her third go around the romance track as the bachelorette wait this the is her 20- third time doing it yeah, mate. No, she was a. She's been a contestant oh. um, before on The Bachelor, and then she was on The Bachelor in Paradise, where she almost had a fling with Alex Nation, who's famous for being 
the honey badger Nick Cummings, who was that jerk hole, who's like, oh, oh yeah. well, I don't choose any love. All the listeners who listen to it will know what I'm talking mm, about. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, she's made her way around the Bachelor blocks, but but she's different. How's she different, mate? Well, there's a couple of things that are notably different. One, is she is a uh, proud Aboriginal woman. So this is great. Mm-hmm. So usually it's just white people doing white things. And then um, and also she's bisexual. So the mm. like contestants, and I say that word because that's exactly what they are, these contestants who are apparently searching for love are men and women. So it is mm-hmm. supposed to be like there is a like there is like this kind of level of diversity there. Fine, 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 fine. But I am still so like appalled by this show, and um, you are not. Is that correct? Look, I have um, I have views. As weird, I normally don't have any. I normally have zero Why views. Why do this podcast? So I think I think it's actually a bit of a pivot for the Bachelor here, and I'm I'm, I'm the franchise, and I'm giving it another red hot go. I did not watch it last year because I felt appalled at myself you know, as a feminist and as a woman, and all those things. Um, and I definitely watched it a couple of times, but I didn't watch it. I definitely watched it a couple of times. <laughs> you watched Lies. it. So watched it. You quit your job to watch but- it. Good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is why my marriage ended. This is why my boyfriend <laughs> broke up with it me. It all makes sense. I was watching The Bachelor. <laughs> right. Anyway, so Brooke is a pretty amazing woman, actually. So she's been really candid about her, her background. So she grew up, um, and this is all her own words from a TEDx talk she did in 2019, with a, with a mother who had a drug addiction. And she's described herself as being too light-skinned to be accepted as Aboriginal and too dark-skinned and poor to be accepted as white. And um, her mother committed suicide when she was really, really little. She experienced sexual abuse really, really young. Um, she's had a really, really bloody, rough, rough, rough life. And when she was 15, she was kicked out of the family home by her dad. And, um, and she was basically rescued by a teacher who helped her along the way to a past to what she calls to belonging. And so the reason she says that she's participating in this franchise is to give more light to Aboriginal culture and to kind of, and, and to bring, uh, of course, like LGBTQI plus um, community into the mainstream. So, you know, this is pretty, it's pretty bloody brave by the franchise. I mean, this is, like you said, it's usually been a white people thing, right? It's like white people dating white people that all look like white people with shiny straight white teeth. And they're all like, I'm an accountant. Mm. I am a, I'm a stylist. Real estate agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a honey badger. Like it is. Look at, like, like, I'm I, a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, look, it's nothing to take away from Brooke. She does sound pretty amazing. What yeah. makes me sad is that if this was her sole intention was to raise, um, I guess, uh, representation for Aboriginal women who or and slash or people who are sexually diverse, not the boring old heteros, then um, it's pretty shit that she had to go on one of the most like horrible shows to be like look i'm look at me i exist and for people to be like okay i'll find fine i'll i'll humanize you if you make as like this enormous spectacle of yourself because it is Mm. not like it is not a good show claire like i don't care if you put 
Mother Teresa in that role. It's like, and she was horrible lady. Yeah, she was horrible. But I'm just like, okay, I don't care if you put Michelle Obama. And she's dead. So it wouldn't be a good show. Or would it be better? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd watch that. But if you were like Mother Teresa, not Mother Teresa, if you put like Michelle Obama. And she was like, you know what? Didn't work out with Obama. Some like some crazy reason, because we're the two of the best people in the world. Look, it just didn't work out. He's dead. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna move on. And I'm look. I'm going on the Bachelor. He's with Mother Teresa yeah. now. I still wouldn't watch it because it's like, no, this is wrong. Like the whole thing about it is icky. I'm embarrassed. For, like I feel deeply. Deeply embarrassed watching that show. It's <laughs> dreadful, like because every like because there's very. I, I feel like it's quite. It's just a competition for something it is that is gross. Like I think of the like the plethora of shit on telly. Like Married at First Sight is reprehensible television, and I think it is because of the editing. Right? They want people to behave really terribly. Yeah. They select people based on being misogynist and being, you know, yeah. like. They they have a they have a history of, of selecting people who have mental illness and kind of various insecurities and horrific backgrounds to play them off each other to get good telly. That's fucked. Like the the and the Bachelor in Paradise style things that people vie off to couple up to not get eliminated. That's fucked. But I don't know. I still have a soft spot in my heart for the Bachelor and the Bachelor. Do you know why? Claire? At the end of the day, it's about true love. Exactly. Is you're a hopeless romantic, <laughs> and I just but, but that's the thing. It's like how on earth. When you put like competition in the mix, how on earth can all? Because when, like, and again, I haven't watched it, but it's all these people going on and being like, "Can't wait! I cannot wait to meet the the person! I can't wait to meet the love of my life!" So there's like I don't know, fourteen people who are done up to the nines and waiting for this person that they have instantly decided they are going to fall in love with, or like uh, mm. their like their audition would have been them convincing themselves that that is where they're going to go find love. And they go and then there's this horrible, this competition where they do really, really humiliating things. They do do humiliating things. It's the best. I remember you telling me about like they had to do, like the women and they were like vying for the love of some bloke. They all had to do like a a cake baking competition. Like embarrassed. Like what are you doing? What is going on here? What the fuck is happening? And then. You're right. It is horrible. And then the women were just like nasty to each other. It just brought out the worst in Mm. these people. And then so like, so I don't. I don't think that just because you put uh, this really amazing, admirable woman of colour who is bisexual in that role, it makes this show any better. All I think it does is buys them time to keep this show going and have people like, I don't know, who are a little bit on the fence or who guilt who watch it. It's like their guilty pleasure. And there's so many people who do, and that's fine. If you watch it, it's fine. It's totally up to you. I'm not judging you. I just think you're an idiot. But I don't watch... <laughs> I, like I, I just think that, that it's like this kind of band aid to be like, look, see, you can watch it because look, she's got brown hair and brown eyes, and everyone goes, you're right, I can't watch it, cool. And then they just put all of these people in this room, and they all compete and compete and compete, and then it's like, what? Like, everyone's just being nasty, and also I don't want to watch someone on a date. It's so awkward. Oh, it's the best. Oh, I look, hate it. look, I agree with everything you've said, and the other thing I will say is that. It's a really cooked 
at, you know, that, that these women have presented a bloke, and I'm talking specifically about The Bachelor, it doesn't seem like men respond the same way because they're not socialized to. But, um, like, these women meet this guy once and they're like, oh, my God, he is the best when he is the one for me. And it's, it's fascinating because that's how we're taught to kind of see men, right? It's like there's the breathing man. I do it. I'll do it. Mm. Like, can you remember falling in love with a boy when you were 12? No. I remember, I remember, Je- no. <laughs> Have you met me? I love that. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I'll tell you a story about Jacob. Jacob um, and I met um, at the year seven, eight or year six, seven school dance. And um, it was where the year six kids got socialized with the year seven kids for Stromlo High School Public oh, High yeah, School. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, very glamorous. And Jacob said zero words to me except, do you want to dance? And he had that like spiky, shiny, jelly hair that looked like snails had had an orgy on it. You know, that really like incredible. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. Jacob. Anyway, I loved him straight away. He, he, I knew nothing about him except that he asked me to dance and he was breathing. And I was like, this is the love of my life. I'm in. And of course, Jacob, you no fucking idea who I was. But this is the way that I've been taught to look at mm. men, right? Like, did it? Geez, did it? Do you think he spoke to you because you were dressed as a snail? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Obviously. Do my hair, Claire. <laughs> Sit on my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, like I, I think I think that idea of like worshiping a single yeah. man just by virtue of him being there is something that's perpetuated. And the idea that women have to compete with one another for the affections of a man is fact as well. Oh, I just feel like I'm gonna watch it, Bron. It's a bit no, of grim year. Like, yeah. No, do it. Like, do what you want to do. But I, I'm will. just, I'm, 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 I hate, I hate the show. I hate the, the idea of the show, and I hate. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like something that I, in me that I'm projecting. I don't know. I don't want to overanalyze myself, but I don't. I, I, I cannot understand how people watch it. I can't understand how people uh, invest their time. Because there has been some real love come out of it. Like there have been a few really lovely, successful couples who've gone on to, you know, like love each other, hellos, and have children. And that's really affirming. One of them was a single mum, Bron. Swallow that. Sne- Two of them were whatever. Snezna, Snez, Snez, something. Snezna yeah, and um, Alex Nation. That's great. Both single parents. Oh, so, okay. So you're projecting your what's. Your, do you want to go on it? Is this where we're going? Is this your audition? You know, I have no connections to this show, Claire. <laughs> No, no, for a few reasons, mainly many reasons, but no, I would not go on The Bachelor. No, if you said I'd like to go on The Bachelor, I would kill you. I'd be like, stop it. And they won't stop calling, but no, I won't go on The Bachelor. Do you know who won't stop calling me? The Wiggles to replace Emma. I'm sick of it. No, (laughs) I'm busy. You have the right hair, but they're looking for someone with a few less children. What do you mean? It means I'm really good at them. I'm a mermaid, red hair, also very good at Auslan. <laughs> but I will be watching Bachelor. I will be I will be probably updating you on the podcast. No, no you won't. won't. You don't care. No, we but, don't care. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. You I'm can sorry make a post. You can make posts about it, and I will take them down if that's what you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Post, I can troll. I'll troll you. That's exactly. cool. If that's what you're I after. Just delete everything you put on that Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Everything. Everything. It's all that. <laughs> 
Oh, so, so do you hope that things that we don't like? Mm, I, I was going to do a segue. Television. You were going to do a segue, oh. and then we're both on segues. Well, you do your segue. You do your segue. Well, I want to hear it because mine was impeccable. Oh God. Okay. So I was going to say. So do you <laughs> hope that the way that you are with seeing like true love in this kind of ridiculous rose-colored glasses way? Do you hope that Stevie's like that, or Frida's like that? Oh fuck no. <laughs> If there's ever been a hope that I've conveyed to myself and to you, it's that my kids don't end up like me. Mm. Spoiler alert, one of them one of them well, is a solid psycho. And one of them has. But that yeah. The psycho. But one of them is like I do I, that makes me sad. I would I hope that you would not want them to uh, So the our next like obviously my segue was too vague, but so <laughs> The next part we're doing is what. So, what do you see in your kids that you understand that they have got from you, and is that do you, how does that make you feel? So, when I the way that I talked about love. So, do you want your children to be as romantic as you are? Perhaps not towards you. That's weird. But like to weird. No, that's not cool, Claire. Stop doing that. But is um, is like do you uh, their hope for like this true pure romantic love that is just not real do you <laughs> do you hope that your kids have that same hope for like ah uh, look i i don't first of all caveat i don't i don't want or believe in that kind of love i am a romantic but I, i'm a you know but the second is like i think a little bit more broadly i don't want my kids to be as emotional as i am but alas, it is a um, thing that people with ADHD often have. They've got big, bloody feelings, mm. and often they're quite difficult to regulate. And, like, I'll give you an example. Last 24 hours, I mean, we are in quarantine, but last 24 hours, Stevie has had a meltdown because she accidentally deleted Plants vs. Zombies off of her iPad, and she cried for about half an hour because she was convinced she would never be able to download it again. She cried because zombies are really scary. She's seven. She she cried because she wanted to have more pets and she didn't have enough pets and she missed um, missed having pets. She cried because um, her feet got wet on her socks when she jumped on the trampoline when it, when it was raining. She cried because she missed Olive. She cried because she missed Simon. She cried. She cried and cried and cried cried and cried and cried because she's just full of big feelings Mm. and that little girl's heart is just so gigantic and so swollen and just so like mine like she just feels big and I just don't want that for her because it's awful (laughs) but but isn't that part of the reason why Stevie's so great though like because she's like she's so open and so loving and just like so ready to be everyone's friend and I feel like that's Mm. what you are so would you take that part away from her well I wouldn't take the external out like I'm sure it makes people like her but I also know what it feels like inside to be like that right and it's not fun because with it comes like cyclical thinking and like and like a, de- a deep level of kind of frustration and anger with yourself, which she has as well, because when you don't have well-regulated emotions, you often, you, you turn them on yourself and you become quite, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not pleasant. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that, you know, that like learning that I have to do in terms of my own behavior and my own regulation, but trying to teach a seven-year-old how to like regulate her behavior and understand that her emotion is not who she is. is really difficult. Yeah. That does sound really hard. 
Well, yeah, I guess it's, it's also ADHD. Yeah. But I also, I guess it's like that is your, I guess this is part of your process of accepting who you are. It's just being like, well, if I, if I didn't have these really exhausting in this in really exhausting internal monologue all the time I, I would not be as good a pilot as exactly I am. that's a, you know you can't win everything Claire you can't fly a plane without feeling the pain <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so funny so <laughs> Oh god! Exactly. That's what the about, moral. What about you, mate? Like, uh, okay, so yeah, you have had a lot of a lot of um, challenges across your life with anxiety and uh, like you know cyclical thinking, anxious thinking, being elevated. And what is Olive navigating right now? Well, so Olive is this is Olive is this weird combination, which is crazy, of Lucas and I. Um, and so she worries way more than I do, way more. So she worries about everything. Like, um, like I told her that. Uh, so my brother actually got COVID uh, last mm. week, um, and he's fine. But um, and I was like, oh, he got COVID. Oh god. Oh well, he'll be right because he's only thirty-two or thirty-three or something like that. So I was like, he'll be fine. And he was vaccinated. And he, he had, had one one, one of the doses. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. But sorry, but um um. Uh, she just did a poo. I just did a massive yawn, not a poo. <laughs> Sorry, that is so unprofessional. You know how I like to just say how professional we are, and you know that I, I am a pillar of professionalism. So exactly. So that it is. Um, so he's only yeah, he's thirty three. So I was like, he's fine. But I, saying it to Olive, I keep forgetting like how sensitive she is. So I'm not. Ne- mm. I don't think I'm necessarily sensitive. But she is, but the way, so some of the things that she's worried about, because I remember when I was little and started being worried about being fat and mm. I was much older than what she is now, but she is so worried about it. And she's tiny, Claire. She's so, well, I mean, also like she's physically tiny and she's age tiny. Yeah, she's things. seven years old and she's like really worried about this. And so, so her anxiety is quite physical. So similar to what you were saying earlier, so instead of her just being like, oh, I feel worried and that's fine, she gets this terrible um, pain in her tummy. And um, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I know. So when she, when she's feeling like too big in a space, like, you know, she does gymnastics mm. and it's so great for so many reasons because she's so strong and she's excellent at it. But there's lots of teeny tiny little people around her all the time. And whilst she looks exactly the same as them, that's not how her anxious brain processes that image. So she's like, mm. oh, okay. And so I notice like she won't wear certain things. And what's what won't she wear? So she used to wear like a like a as like a crop top and matching leggings. That's just what came up mm. was selling. But she um she wore that for her birthday and she wore that for a while, and now she will only wear like the. You know, um, like little bike shorts with a t-shirt. Oh yeah, bike shorts and a t-shirt, yeah. bike shorts and a t-shirt. So it's like evolved over time to be. I don't know. I don't. I, there's no rhyme nor reason, but that's just what she feels more comfortable in. And she would never wear the, what she wore earlier. And and I know it's because huh. she's much more aware of her body. And I remember 
when I was littler, when I was, when I, when I became aware of my body and how that yeah, consumed it's like me. Awakening, it's oh. like, oh no, horrific, <laughs> it's horrible. So I'm trying so hard to get her to not, not worry about it. And one of, and unfortunately, one of the my like things is like, okay, well, I just will, you know, like teach her what is good and what's not good to eat but I don't want to be like preach I don't want to be like that's not good or this is that good but she loves sweets like she loves lollies because they're delicious they're delicious they're so yum but I'm like so come on we just like sugar's not good for us we just gotta eat we're not gonna eat sugar we eat sugar every day like we are not the kind of family who are just like no sugar's only on Easter like we eat sugar every day so but I'm trying to be like okay it's a sometimes food. It's a this and then, but she's now being like, "Is this healthy? Is that healthy? Is this?" And I'm like, "Oh God, I don't know." Anyway, her teacher is magnificent. She's got this one, this younger, this young teacher. Her, um, uh, her name is I don't care. She's so great. I even if she listen, she's so great. Her name <laughs> I don't is care. I don't care. She's so good. Her name is Casey Miller. She's so 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 good. If anyone ever Her name is the Bachelor. Exactly. But if anyone but if anyone's ever like, I'm a principal, I needed the best teacher in the world, you'd be like, It's Casey Miller. She's so great and she like she sees Olive and understands Olive and, and just works Aww. so hard with Olive to like navigate her way out, like help her navigate her way out of this anxious spiral. Little name. She's made like a pack for her at school, being like, if you're feeling That's like amazing. this, this is what you can do. And she's got like, she's bought all these like knickknacks for Olive to like distract her. But I, so I do see my like being, like I see my anxiety in Olive, but I, you know but I don't I no one there was no words for it so like when I was feeling quite overwhelmed mm. she'll say to people I have got anxiety which I I like hate because I'm like come on mate like just there's some things you can just get on with you don't have to be like but that's that's really interesting because I think that's also been your attitude toward yourself like the bits where you've really struggled with your you know with hard bits in your life and there have been a lot of them like your attitude towards yourself is come on let's just go on with it let's just move on with it like how how are you seeing that play out with her uh look I just don't want her to be a real like and this is gonna make me sound horrible but I just don't want to be like a massive sook like she just she does things that are really like you know like if she so her her grandma is like an excellent woman love her so much but Olive knows that if she acts a bit like fragile then her grandma will come in and swoop her up and just um and just like pander to all of her like you know whatever she's feeling right then instead of being like you're okay you're fine stand up you're okay get on just like get back on your bike and we're gonna go so I don't I don't want to give her like that if you're feeling anxious it's okay to completely disengage with everything and to color in in the corner forever I don't want her to mm. I don't want her to see it as like something that is going to really slow her down I want her to be like cool this is a challenge for me I it's not going to it's not going to ruin my life and it's not going to change mm. everything about me I it's I have to be able to process this in like a healthy way and so I don't I don't, like when she says mm. I've got anxiety to people I'm like babe like you're actually fine right now it's okay it's nothing to be embarrassed about having anxiety like I'm not I don't think she should be embarrassed but I don't want her to just lean on it every time she doesn't want to do something yeah. like every time she doesn't want to and do a running race or every time she doesn't want to 
do, like you know play chess against someone being like oh actually i've got anxiety you know like that's like yeah, i yeah. that's going to annoy me that's it's really interesting because i think i think you like you know you've had some really like i said tough shots and you don't want to be defined by them and you don't want your daughter to be defined by you know it's difficult in her life either which is totally totally normal when you and i have been having conversations about like how to equip Olive to, you know, to face up to, not face up to, that's the wrong language, how to help herself through those anxious moments through things like mindfulness and meditation and like all these, like we talked about the physiology of, um, of, 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 um, you know, the connection between our brains and our bodies when things are hard and just to kind of lean into that and to regulate with breathing and regulate with kind of understanding that we're not our thoughts and we're not our feelings and those kind of tactics and those kind of skills will help her to, I suppose, grow with her anxiety and, and see it as just a part of her rather than who she is. And mm. that, that, you know, that avoids that, you know, the, like what you're talking about, the debilitating aspect of it and the shame and, and the way it controls your life and then becomes something that you actually control. Um, but like that being said, do you, do you feel like you've, you have those same techniques when it comes to your own anxiety like your own coping mechanisms or no do you feel like yeah that's really interesting like how what do you do when you're anxious i just move really quick i just like do uh. like lots of things really fast <laughs> like um yeah just like you know i'll get heaps of washing done i'll get heaps of things done or but I won't do anything that I have to sit down and think about. Like I, I won't like sit down and watch a show. I won't down. I won't sit down mm. and read a book. I won't um, anything that has like there's space for my brain to wander. I won't give it. I'm mm. like okay, move, 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 move. Mm. And um, I don't. But I never. I'm never like, look, I can't do it right now. I'm too anxious. And I don't say that that means, <laughs> yeah. means I'm stronger. I'm not saying that I'm stronger than Olive in that way. But I just like, I don't want Olive to see her anxiety as like the worst thing in the world. It's like, it's actually, you know, you can get heaps of cleaning done. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think what's really interesting about both of us, like facing up to what we face and our children is also facing up to how we deal with things like um with stevie like watching her kind of feel huge things mm. my initial reaction is like you this is not that big a deal babe yeah. like you're overblowing this like and i i try to be really sensitive about it and be like darling you know like it's okay we can we can you know we can i know you're really lonely but we can reach out to a friend or you know i know you're really feeling intensely about this but this is the way that we can kind of understand our bodies and the way that we're reacting but that frustration that we feel when we see our children navigate what we've navigated is actually a reflection about how we feel about ourselves. And so when, you know, when I see Stevie have a massive blowout about, you know, like a, like something that's not that big mm. and is becomes huge for her brain. Or when you see Olive kind of going to bits about something that's happened to her because she's anxious, we are seeing ourselves and it's really, really hard to be kind to something that you're deeply frustrated with because you haven't learned to, control it i mean you have not learned to control your anxiety you still run away from it i have not learned to control my emotions they still overwhelm me and we're seeing it in our kids and we just we still don't know what to do with ourselves so of course we're getting frustrated oh but it's annoying 
it's so annoying. It's annoying. Like it's it's really interesting. Like parenthood brings out the best and the worst in you because like you see your kids and you see what you do and you're like, oh no, this is fucking shit. Yeah. I've done this for thirty five years. I don't want to do it again. Is that what it I takes... look like? Is that what I yeah. sound like? A dumb seven year old? I can't I'm... handle that. <laughs> and it's really hard and you often like like I talked to Wally about Stevie and like he's like she's so slow she takes such a long time to get dressed in the morning and I'm like mate like that's you yeah. like it's the things that frustrate us about our children are often exactly what we are I mean Frida's stubborn as fuck like she's just like no she just will not do what you want her to do and I am one of the most immovable people in the whole wide world that is true <laughs> like, it's just it's just fascinating like uh, looking at our kids they're just such a lens onto us and it actually makes it harder to empathize with them because we're dealing with 35 years of frustration about how we operate and we're talking to them the way we talk to ourselves internally oh god <laughs> jesus christ i think or one of the things that Edie does like she goes into her own little world and that really annoys <laughs> Lucas. But I really like doing that. So when she does oh. that, I'm like, sweet, I get it. Yeah. So there's something. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's just ignore everyone. Let's ignore everything. Let's go do weird shit in our own little weird world. And then, and Lucas is like, she's not listening. I'm like, it's because the world is boring and it's way better in her little yeah. head. <laughs> so not everything that. Tell <laughs> your silly head. Yeah. I don't hate everything about my kids Claire (laughs) (laughs) I really like and that's the other lovely thing right leaning into shit you were like my kids are silly and they love to laugh and we're just dumb idiots together like fart jokes poo jokes they are golden crumble in my house like (laughs) we just roll around the ground pissing ourselves well, Frida literally, she's very bad at toilet training. Don't get on to like, that. Like, the dumbest shit. By the way, a segue, Frida is currently toilet training. She's three. And she is okay with weeds, but will just poos her in her undies. And so daycare has this app where you get, like, an update. It's like, Frida ate an apple. Frida had a nap. And all day long right now, Frida soiled her pants. <laughs> Frida soiled her like, I get, like, three or four updates a day. Frida soiled her pants. <laughs> Like, so I've got to pack like four sets of undies and four sets of trousers in a little daycare bag oh. and they all come home covered in poo. And I'm like, Frida, did you do a poo in your pants? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, who had to clean it up? And she's like, my teacher. <laughs> she's giving a fuck. Does that annoy you because you also shit your pants? Exactly. No, it doesn't. It's called freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. <laughs> freedom of speech. <laughs> Oh, oh shit! I don't know. This is the the wonderful thing about like growing older and like having the ability to reflect on yourself. Also, deeply torturous. Fuck! I've done I don't want to do this it. You would like to stop doing it? Oh, I have. I do. I've done nothing else the last six months. Just like diving into my soul and being like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> there's so much to heal. There's so much to fix. And you're like, I don't have a soul. Exactly. Move on, Claire. <laughs> Turn on the bachelorette. And one thing we want to talk about in a future episode is some of our reflections about women as they grow older. And you and I have talked about this very briefly, and this is kind of foreshadowing maybe for next time around, is that women, when their children leave, 
they come one of three things we've observed and obviously this is in the the kind of small cohorts that we move in they become either raging alcoholics which is probably our pathway um they become they become very very intensely invested in their grandchildren or they turn to buddhism and we're going to talk about why but you've (laughs) never mentioned the mermaid not once not once or a pilot also these what? things then you're flying fish then your statistics are fucked i don't want to get off <laughs> all right oh, this, this has been magnificent mess. it has it's been perfect all right. and that's final all right we love you guys we have we, been good sheilas we love you, we love you guys so much bye